0: Four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Everything You Need to Know About Music, Essential Album Series, where tonight we are going to do an album from a group that oddly I don't particularly care for. However, this album is so good and so important that I thought it would be worth mentioning. Um, these albums, remember, uh, in these series, has to be something from either Robert DeMury's book, 1,001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die, or the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time from the Rolling Stones list. Um, Also, it has to be an album that isn't widely known or well known. It has to be something that's a little off-base, something that you need to know, but you may not really know too much about. And tonight, I think, is a perfect example. This particular group... It's even odd to call them a group. Uh, we're going to do Steely Dan's first album called Can't Buy a Thrill. Now, Can't Buy a Thrill was Steely Dan's first studio album, which was released in November of 1972. And to call them even a group, to call them a band, is almost unfair. This is really a project from a guy named Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. And Donald Fagan and Walter Becker put together a band almost in a way that was a- accidental. They were in college together uh, up in, in New York, and one heard the other, and I don't know exactly which way it was, playing guitar. And the one went up to the other and just said, hey, you want to be in a band? And the other one said, yeah, I'll be in a band. So they put this band together, and they got a drummer And one of the coolest things about it is their very first drummer that they had for their little kind of rock jazz band that they formed was actually none other than the comedian Chevy Chase. And they would go around playing local clubs and bars and stuff in New York, and they kind of decided that they were not very good live because they both didn't do all that great in front of people. And in fact... Uh, Fagin had, had terrible stage fright. I mean, he just was not, he, he would sing in the studio, but he just did not want to be on stage. So they ended up being more of a studio uh, group. And so because of that, Steely Dan isn't really a group. They're almost a a collection of session musicians and unbelievably talented, incredibly gifted session musicians that has changed throughout the years. Now, there have been some players that have been reused in multiple albums, but essentially the cast of of personnel continues to change throughout their entire career. And so you have some incredible greats. Those that know me well will know the love that I have for Jim Gordon, the the great session drummer. He played on a lot of their albums. In fact, their biggest hit, Ricky Don't Lose That Number, he's actually the drummer on. Uh, Also, the Doobie Brothers' Michael McDonald is a a keyboardist on many of their things, plus did some great uh, harmonies and backup stuff for them. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The very first album, Can't Buy a Thrill, which we're going to cover tonight, is really seminal. I mean, this is really important to what later became, and I hate to say this, but soft rock. Not wussy rock, just softer, a little bit more elevated, a little bit more, forgive me, intelligent kind of rock. These guys are those nerds, are those math nerds in school that... Decided instead of picking up a protractor, they picked up an instrument. These guys are brilliant, I mean, incredibly gifted. Uh, not only in music, but in arranging and engineering the music. So these guys had as much to do with putting together the musicians and engineering the sound with also writing and coming up with the sound that they wanted to. And I wanted to say all of that because when you hear these songs, unfortunately the way that we consume a lot of their music is on radio. And it happens to be on a lot of stations that are sadly kind of that slower, softer not even rock stations, but kind of just old-school, kind of easy-listening stuff. That's not where they belong. Now, they can fit there because they have an airy type of musicality to them, but this is technically complicated, very complex, uh, well-put-together, well-engineered music. So I want to go through a couple of these songs, and I'm going to do it in reverse order, meaning I'm going to go with some of the latter songs on the album first. And the first one that, I'm going to start with because so many people know it is this, Reeling in the Years. This song is a jazz rock type of song. Now this has Donald Fagan on the lead vocals... But when you listen to that that, that guitar, right there, that's Elliot so Randall. So summer, you can see it fading fast. So you grab a piece of something that you think is going to last. Well, you wouldn't even know a diamond if you held it in your hand. The things you I'm gonna think are precious, I can't understand. am going to let it go through precious, here, are come understand. back to in a second. Are you reeling in the years? Stowing away. This song was written by Fagin and Becker. And this was number 11 on the pop singles charts in 1973. One of their biggest hits. And this is also, I mean, as far as guitar songs go, I mean, this was rated number 95 on the, on the top 100 list of greatest guitar tracks. So this has been, during this time, they actually interviewed a bunch of different session musicians to play on this track. One of the guitar players was actually Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin, but they went through so many different musicians to find exactly the song for each, sorry, exactly the right sound for each and every song that they did, and finally stumbled with this particular group for this particular song. All right, now, because we have to do this quickly, I'm going I'm to go to the next song. But before I do, I want to show how they tried in the early years to see who would be the better frontman, who would be the better singer. And so with this particular song, the next one we're going to go to is Dirty Work. They actually used a guy named David Palmer. Now, David Palmer was on a bunch of early Steely Dan stuff, um, but you can see the difference from the one I just played to this song, Dirty Work. You can hear the difference, and this is why they didn't keep him. Wasn't quite the same style and feel. Still a great song, but just different. doesn't it? It's just when different. To me, this belongs on soft rock stations. I understand that. That makes sense to me. Get me running, and you know I'll be around. I'm a fool to do your dirty work, oh yeah. stop there because I got to do these relatively quickly. I want to go to with my favorite song on the album, but also without question, my favorite Steely Dan song. And, and, and there's a lot of good Steely Dan songs. I'm not a tremendous fan of this group. However, they have done some incredible things. Engineering wise, these guys are borderline geniuses. The, what they do, the level of complexity, but also the level of precision is something to really be noted. There isn't a note off. There isn't a beat missed. There isn't a time that's off by a nanosecond. These guys are like clockwork. And this is before any sort of digitized quantizing that was able to be done. They are meticulous, almost annoyingly pedantically detailed on everything that they do and I don't think it it can come through any better than song number one off of track number one off of album number one the first song you'd ever hear if you heard Steely Dan for the first time and that is Do It Again Just count in your head the one, two, three, four two, three, four. You can do that through the entire song and never miss a beat. Listen to the way this song is just layered. The level of depth on each of the three verses is absolutely fantastic. Look at the, the intro alone with the shakers and the, and the delayed... Or it's your piano that's in here in the front. It's just awesome. I'm gonna let this first verse just ring out because it's so good. And this, that first intro that comes all the way to this full stop first one. Three verses about redemption, about a guy who is trying to put the pieces together of his life and just can't. He's always going back and always finding trouble. I'm going to fast forward to later in the song where there's a bit of a of an electric sitar that gets played for, for a, a few measures. And then it goes into a bit more of the organ and this long buildup, it, it's almost two verses and this... This musical interlude that come to this crescendo, this this full stop that, again, mirrors the one that we just heard in the intro, and it's almost like this this long story. It gives build up and build up and build up and build up, and then it stops, and it comes to that big finish, and it's just an incredibly, perfectly timed segue to begin and end into verse three to then end the song. It's awesome. Here's a little bit of the sitar here. Going into the piano. All that build up. Two verses. An organ solo. The the electric sitar. And then it comes to this build up, build up, build up. perfectly timed, perfectly structured. to let that run for just a second. I want to read that last verse. Now you swear and kick and beg us. You're not a gambling man. Then you find you're back in Vegas with a handle in your hand. Your black cards can make you money, so you hide them when you're able. In the land of milk and honey, you must put them on the table. These guys are brilliant songwriters. Absolutely fantastic. They structure that with these... Incredible session musicians that have nothing to do with each other. They're just right for that song at that moment. And they change from time to time. They've interviewed six, seven, eight different guitar players before they choose the one that's best for that song. And they'll put them all together to make a song like that. Different than any other band. And they deserve to be at least recognized for the achievement that they've made because they're just really good at what they do. And it's different than anyone else. So I want to go through that. That Steely Dan, Can't Buy a Thrill from 1972. An essential album for sure. Check it out if you haven't had the chance. It's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll go out with that awesome sitar at the end of verse two. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time.